Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Chapter 3, The Grin in the Dark, a spine shivers book, and we can still hear Oreo snoring. What, was there something exciting about today? Mm. What's at the foot of your bed? Oh, I got a bathrobe. <laughs> okay, you did get a bathrobe. That was actually really cute. It's white and fluffy, and it looks like a white fluffy teddy bear, but what's at the edge of your bed, like, on the floor? Oh, yeah, chickies. Oh, we're getting chickies soon. Little baby chicks. Yeah, your bed. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we're getting little baby chicks. And I bet you soon you're going to be annoyed with little chirp, 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 chirp. Do they sleep at night? You don't know. They make little chirpy noises. Crumb. Um, well, oh, my gosh. You know what? We're going to have to record in the extra bedroom then. You know. And did we go see a movie today? Yeah, we saw the... Okay, this is your turn. If it's a, if you have a little kid and you're a parent, it's time to skip ahead 60 seconds because we're going to talk about a scary movie. I'm going to give you like five seconds to, to um, skip forward so your little one doesn't hear this. Do, 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 do. Okay, we went and saw the Exorcist movie. It's called like the Exorcist something, and it wasn't really scary. I even had to go potty, and I told Peyton Consco, and she was like, "I'm not afraid to stay in here by myself." And I was like, "No, somebody's gonna take you." So I made her. I I grabbed her phone and called my phone with it. So I had a walkie-talkie, and the door was literally right across. Um, from the theater door and I like I went potty so fast it was like I was in and out in like 60 seconds and there was a jump scare when I was gone and Bain was by herself huh I scared. no I know but you did get a jump scare uh, when I had the phone to my ear she was like a woo jump there was scare. a jump scare <laughs> I said a woo jump scare a woo jump scare okay all right back to our regular programming Spine shivers a grin in the dark chapter three. Despite their nightmares, the twins can't stay awake even if they wanted to. Hamid is hardly out of the room before he hears Ahmed's gentle snoring and Afifa's cooing breath slow and steady. Poor kids, he mutters as he heads back downstairs. They seem so scared. The sitcom that he'd been watching is long over by the time that Hamid reaches the couch and unmutes the TV. The next show is the one that he doesn't like, so he switches to a movie channel and finds a superhero movie with lots of explosions. Uh, This'll do, he says to himself. He grabs a handful of popcorn and settles in to watch. There's only a few minutes later on the TV until the TV begins to beep again, this time drowning the sound of the soundtrack to an insane rocket ship chase through the heart of the city on fire. We know, Hammond shouts to the TV. There's a storm coming. It's already here. But the reporter doesn't say anything about a storm. Washington County authorities have released further information about the escaped convict, Josiah Price, 
comes the robotic voice. It is now thought that Price may be heading towards the, for the city of New Brighton. Whoa, Hammond says. He leans forward and waits for more. Lightning cracks and thunder shakes the house under an in, only an instant later. That one was close. The voice continues. Price will likely be looking for... Suddenly, the TV switches off and the light in the hall flickers and goes out. Um, Hummond said, sitting up and, and sitting up straight to look around in the dark living room. He turns to peer over back to the couch, but only the light comes through the huge windows behind him. The huge windows that blinds and looks out to the stormy backyard. The, window, the windows run with the downpour so that the s- silvery glow of the backyard security light flicks flickers and bounces like it's part of the thunderstorm the backyard light why is the rest of the power out hammond wonders hammond moves towards the window he looks through the pouring rain and onto the soaked backyard and sloping lawn leading up to a long tall row of evergreen trees he lets his forehead rest again on the window there's no one out there he said his fog his breath bogs up the glass. With that bright light on, I'd see him. At that very moment, the backyard light turns off. Hammond jumps back from the window. Okay, I don't like this, he said to himself as he backs up to the couch. In his pocket, his phone vibrates. Hammond checks the number, and it's, friend, it's his friend Malik. Hey, what's up, Hammond says. Did you guys lose power? No, said Malik. Hammond can hear whatever game whatever game they're playing in the background. It sounds like Kamal is over there too. Hammond could hear him shouting about the game. But did you hear about the dude who escaped from the prison? Malik asks. <laughs> Oreo, you're, you're intense, dude. <laughs> she is in a deep sleep. Hammond drops to the couch and stares at the TV screen. Yeah, he said, I heard about it on the radio earlier and I just saw on the TV that he might be heading towards the city. Are you freaked out? Malik says. We're pretty freaked out. He laughed. Nah, said Hamid or Hamid, as he sits back on the couch. I'm not worried. That prison's practically 100 miles away from here. My mom said, call the police. The police will catch him in no, in no time. Pfft, said Malik. What does your mom know about it? Hamid shrugs. I don't know. I'm not worried, he says, even if it's not entirely true. Anyways, what game are you playing? Oh, man, Malik says, I'm sick. Malik goes to tell Hamid about the game. Oh, it's sick. Sorry. Hold on. Let me rephrase that and be a teenage boy. Oh, man, Malik says it's sick. Malik goes to tell Hammond about the game, a full-on assault by aliens from one side and zombies from the other. But Hammond is hardly listening. His eyes find a huge, the huge black windows again, and nothing. And now, with the bright security light off, there really could be anyone out there. Someone could be standing right at the window watching him, and Hammond <clears throat> would have no idea. Ew, I don't like it. Yeah, that's the end of the chapter. Dang, that was a fast one. Should we do two on that one since this is... No. Yeah, I'm going to do two because chapter four is only like a couple pages. Okay, well, you guys get an extra treat. Chapter four. Chapter four. Hammond is still talking or listening to Malik when the lightning cracks under the boom again and the backyard light comes back on. The light in the hall turns on and Hammond hears the TV come back on too. Hey, the power's back on, he says, interrupting Malik's commentary as Kamal's video gaming session. I'm going to make some popcorn, Hamid says, as he finishes first bag a few minutes ago while Malik was talking. All right, says Malik. Keep the doors locked, he laughs and hangs up. 
Hammond crumples up the empty popcorn bag and heads for the kitchen, passing through the front hall and the bottom of the stairs the stairs on the way. He's not feeling as afraid as he was a few minutes ago. Talking to his friends and getting the power back on helped him relax quite a bit. Still, he makes a point of not looking up the stairs in the darkness as he passes. I don't blame him. The kitchen is bright and still smells of the last bag of popcorn that he microwaved. Hammond feels better right away. He pulls open the pantry and reaches into the popcorn box, but he finds it empty. Hey, that was the last bag, apparently. Oh, man, he said, feeling a little irritated with Aunt Julie and Uncle Mo for having one one bag of popcorn. So what can he snack on now? He steps further into the pantry and pokes around. No chips, no fruit snacks, no candy, no cookies. This is the worst pantry ever. It's full of cans of beans, short a uh, uh, short round tins of fish with labels in Russian va- and vacuum sealed packs of meat with writing in Spanish and Italian French. Oh, in Italian and French. None of this is anything Hammond wants to eat or even knows how to eat. Behind him, in the empty kitchen, the door squeaks. Hammond carries from the pantry, hurries from the pantry in time to see the door swing open from the hallway. Um, to stop as if somebody went through it. Ahmed, he said, is that you? No reply. Hammond doesn't want to think about the man who escaped from the prison north of the city. He doesn't want to imagine the man hitchhiking in the thunder and lightning, maybe even stealing a car, maybe even pulling in, pulling a driver out from a car and leaving the driver on the side of the road. But he can't help it. Hammond pushes through the kitchen door and stops at the bottom of the steps. He peers up into the darkness but doesn't see anything. He sticks his head through the doorway of the living room, lit only by the glow of the TV and the silvery light of the backyard security light coming through the windows. He expects to find his mischievous little cousin splayed out on the big couch and watching a movie, but they're definitely not that they're definitely not supposed to be watching. But no one's there. The TV's beeping again, and Hammond could hear the announcer's voice. The scroll at the bottom of the screen is nearly gone by the time Hammond re- hurries over. He catches the end. Police say Price may be heading for the city's west end. West end, Hammond thinks. That's here. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. West end? 